Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast, here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, November 9, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, believe it or not, there's a lot of stuff on the docket today. The market was down a little bit today. We're first going to focus on the daily chart of the S&P 500, in this case, the SPY. We're going to talk through the daily chart, and then we're going to uncover some other stuff that's going on around the markets, looking around the horn. First things first, I really thought tomorrow would be the day the market was susceptible to a turn. However, they really turned the other day. Now they went down today, but let's look at this objectively. Are they doing anything? They're still very close to the all-time highs. All they're doing is working off some of this overcooked condition, getting too far from home base, and they go sideways for a couple of days. Maybe they come down a little more over the next couple of days. But until they start doing something sinister on the downside, This is just a pullback in what's called a continuing uptrend where the trend is your friend until she stops answering the booty call. Now let's talk what ifs. What if the market came down further? Should it come down further? Will it come down further? We can look at other charts to help determine whether the market is actually confirming or not confirming that lower prices are in the future. The first thing we do is take a look at the 240 chart, and guess what? We have a breakdown candle representing the first half of today's trading activity. Okay, we actually have two of those. We have the one from the high over here. That's a breakdown candle. They ran a test near the highs. Now they've come down again, creating another breakdown candle. Okay, fair enough. So it's not necessarily short-term bullish. However, they can creep up the breakdown candle to get near the high, just like they did before. So that's an awareness, but let's see what else we have. Let's see what other charts are either confirming or not confirming. What about the 120-minute chart? So we have a breakdown candle, and now we have one of those bearish, flaggish things developing right on top of home base, the 20-period moving average. So what we're talking about is, what's a bear flag pattern? A move downward would be the flagpole, and then a move sideways or something even like this, slightly up to sideways. This is what's called a bear flag. A bull flag kind of looks like this. You have the flagpole, and then you have one of these routines here. Maybe it's flat, maybe it slightly pulls back, but this is a garden variety bull and bear flag pattern. What does that mean? That means that the market at present is putting in one of those bear flag patterns. However, we have the same thing. What happens if they start to run a test near the highs of the breakdown candle? Where are the highs? 469.57. Well, then if they do that, you no longer have a bear flag pattern, but you could have what's called a wedge pattern. A lot of times they run a test of the breakdown candle high, and then they get rejected. Sometimes they get through, sometimes they get rejected. We have other stuff to watch on shorter-term charts that tells us which one is more likely in real time. So far, net-net, we have a market that looks like it's creating a bear flag pattern. However, we have an awareness that they could run up to test 
near the highs of that candle. Okay, fair enough. What do we have on the hourly chart? We have the same thing we just saw. It's just stretched out a little bit. And this one is underneath the 20 period moving average, but above the 50 period moving average. By the way, is it time to start thinking in terms of where could they be going? If this did go down, let's say tomorrow, and that would be absent running a test of the breakdown candle high. But if this went down, where would they likely go? Would they go into the 50 period moving average or would they go lower? Well, first off, let's look to the left. And on this chart, what do we see as the best opportunity for a destination? Well, how about the most recent breakout area? Now, we don't know whether they will or won't get there. What's the high here? 262.22, in that general ballpark. If we found price sooner than later down in that area, you would expect, as I would expect, a normal garden variety of bounce away back up north from that area. Now that's provided the 50 period moving average was cut through like a hot knife through butter. Want to see something funny? Let's pick this number out again. The high was 262.22. So let's put the line on that number. What did I say? 262, 462.22. Interesting that when you go back and look at the 240 minute chart, that same area that we identified from an hourly chart perspective that was in fact an area that they broke out from ends up being or coinciding with the same general area or zone of the 20 period moving average on this 240 minute chart and somewhere in the vicinity of this breakup candle low. Now it's not really at the low, but it's in the vicinity of the low. It's just an added thing. What I would do if I was you is put 462.22, give or take, on a sticky note, and let's see what happens. Maybe nothing happens tomorrow, but let's keep it on a sticky note and see what happens. Now, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. So what about the other side? What happens if we wake up and they're correcting or having a rescue operation from today's down move? What happens if they're pushing higher? What's that line in the sand up north? It's 469.57. What does that represent? It represents the high of this breakdown candle. So guess what? If they're pushing above and they start closing short-term candles above, and then they close an hourly candle above, they're going to make at least an attempt or make another new high. Why do I say that? Well, look at it this way. If the energy that would normally be released out of this bearish flaggish pattern would be released in the downward direction. If this whole thing doesn't happen and they close price above here, they're going to go in the northern direction. Now, we don't know that they'll release the same amount of energy for the same amount of points, but guess what? I wouldn't want to bet against it if they closed hourly above that high. All right, for now, that's the show on the S&P 500. What about inside the numbers? We'll take a look at the early thoughts, we'll scroll through the commentary, and then we'll circle back to stocks on the move. We're gonna look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. Some trading days are better than others. It's turnaround Tuesday, still eating time off the clock, just under the big fat round numbers. The charts don't look all that much different from yesterday. 
the former high is X, or 69.50 is overhead resistance and the gateway to get through if there's going to be another test of the highs or higher. Looking down south, two important numbers, 466.85, 465.95. We're back to the charts. Here's an hourly chart, but it certainly looks more dramatic on a five-minute chart. Right at the vertical is today's activity, and you can see early in the morning, around zero dark 30 is where we technically identified the support zones. 466.85, they spike it through, they don't get to the second one, they bounce away. Then they get to the second one and they bounce back to the first. Then they come back to the second one and back to the first. So I think it's safe to say from a garden variety perspective, we had the support zone at zero dark 30. What were you doing at zero dark 30? As the day gets underway, we're saying 468 will be some support. Turned out to be not so much the case at that point in time. The difference between this and the supports identified before the opening bell was this. I didn't think they were going to get to the lower supports right out of the chute. They did that. That was wrong. They bounced back and all that. I just didn't think they were going to go that far and cut through those prices like a hot knife through butter. And we're moving along. So you can see here, by 10 o'clock, I'm saying they went deeper than I was thinking. Obviously, still should find support. And they really needed to recapture 468. And that was cited early today. Now we've adjusted the line, and the top line is at 468. And you can see, that was resistance, and they never were able to make it back to 468. They needed to recapture 468 in order to light a match to get anything going. That kept the market in one of those longer term from the other charts, the bearish, flaggish kind of things. You see how it all comes together? We're moving right along. We've got some numbers. We've got a rescue operation underway. We've got a line in the sand, 466.15. What I urge you to do is pause the video. As I scroll up, read the notes, go back to the charts to double check the work. This is for folks that are interested in or already are trading in the S&P or a like product, whether it's options, exchange-traded products, futures like the ES contract, in and around the ES or in and around the S&P during the trading day. This is commentary A, you get the prices, B, you get the scenario, the setup on the charts, where they're likely headed, where the resistance is, where the exits are. You get it all on an as-needed basis in real time throughout the trading day. Let's take a look at stocks on the move. What did we have today? We had Palantir hit its number. We had PayPal hit its number. Lemonade and AMC. The others didn't. They're off the board. We only want the stuff at our numbers, not somebody else's. Although I can't help but look at this one first. Trip had a low over here of $31.00. My number, $30.91. Look what happened after that. They went all the way back up to $33.27. I only show it to you to identify what a heartbreaker looks like. Palantir, they come close, they bounce away. How do you know they bounced away too much or came too close? From where they bounced away, they did the deal. I don't want that trade anymore. They came within $0.12, cents, and here they were at a high of $25.27. They did the minimum required base hit. For me, that takes the rest of the thing off the table. Second level, maybe so. However, they came up short and bounced away. 
But right here, it takes that price off the board. PayPal. So here's what happened with PayPal. So 209.21, they spike it through, they start to rally back, and they come up short of the minimum required base hit. The high was 210.53, that's not enough. It's $1.32, it's really about 75 cents short of what I was looking for. The second price didn't work, it turned into a shitburger. What's interesting about this, and I did the analysis after the fact, just to double check, make sure I was right, where was I wrong, what was the story. Look where they finished the day, right underneath the second number, 205.59. That tells me at least that number is important for whatever reason they stayed below it today, they ate time off the clock, the destination may be having to spike through 200 before this thing finds stability. That's the way I'm reading it today after the fact on Tuesday. I know that 205 and change number is important. I did it every which way till Sunday. Lemonade, the first number didn't work. They kind of bounced at the first number real quick at the open, but then the second number did work, and then they went lower. Some traders may have taken only the second number. Some traders may have taken both. If you took both, you might have been lucky to get a scratch out. You probably ate a shit burger. Technically speaking, lemonade didn't work. Very similar situation to PayPal. AMC, this used to be a fan favorite of the meme crowd. The first number, they opened right on top of it. The opening print was 42.43. Then they blew right on through. The second number worked. The third number worked. And then they hovered around the third number all day long. Some traders played it for a profit. Some traders bought the first number right out of the chute. If you did that, it was a shit burger. If you didn't, two numbers worked. All in all, it was not a great trading day this morning. That happens. It doesn't happen that often, but it certainly happens. Sometimes we can't lose sight of the fact that we don't want to lose sight of those days that are the opposite days, where in some cases, some traders are getting their head handed to them, and we're walking away with a pocket full of money, whistling Dixie. It goes both ways. You have to participate in the entire game. That's the business of trading. You minimize the losses. You lose small and fast if you have to lose. And base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. Some days, you're not going to get any hits. That's baseball. Let's get back and put our market hat on. The IWM made a top yesterday, came down today, had not necessarily a 1% day, but certainly was outpacing the day on the downside from the S&P 500. The IWM, and I don't know if any of you know this, but it is my favorite market-leading indicator. On one hand, we can attribute this to they were really, really far from home base. It was dark out. They needed to get home for dinner. They needed to cut through some backyards to shorten the distance between current and home base. If the other markets are going to come down, let's just say on Wednesday or beyond, then the IWM is likely going to come down too. Where's a likely spot? Let's put some numbers on the board. You look at a 240-minute chart, and what is your eye drawn to? How about that gap right around 238.50, give or take? Let's put that one up for starters. 120 chart really doesn't tell us anything different, but all of a sudden the hourly chart now has a 50-period moving average creeping up right around that same price. Now, when you look at this at first blush, and then I look at it at second and third, I say, that's okay, 
But there's nothing staring back at me, slapping me in the face, saying, that would be a screaming bye if they got there tomorrow. I'm not 100% sure that area is the best. Uh-oh, what does that represent? 234.53, that's way down there. Are we expecting the IWM to get down there anytime soon? And the answer is, no, I'm not. But why do I put it up there? Because as a just-in-caser, that essentially was the area that they just broke out from. Now, you can make a case that there's a secondary area slightly lower, but we'll use the higher one closer to current price, 234.5. Now, it's not out of the question. Things happen. So you have to know about these numbers in advance. If by chance we woke up to the unexpected, they pulled the rug out, they pulled the lever to the trap door, then you have to come to the game pre-prepared. So here's the way I would look at this. I'm not 100% sure, unless I made a decision different in real time, that I would buy 238.5. I know I would buy 234.50, give or take. Is there something in between from an intraday perspective that makes sense? There may be, but right now, it's not on the tape. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Here we still have a situation where the chart kind of looks like car. Here's a picture of car from a daily chart perspective. No, it's not. That's a 60-minute. Let's switch to the daily. And it looks very similar to the transportation average, the Dow Jones transports. So I'm looking at this and saying it's somewhat of a skewed index. I can't really get a good read on the chart. But I can get a good read from the IYT, which doesn't seem to be tracking car like the transports are. I'm not going to begin to try and figure it out. It's a little bit above my pay grade. We'll just use the IYT and things eventually will filter out. It's just extended from home base. That's what happened a couple of days ago. That was the case yesterday. It's still the case today. They're just eating some time off the clock. There's technically nothing wrong with the transports. You have to look at it from a big picture perspective. We have a weekly chart where a round double top. They're running a test of the former high. Maybe they get rejected for a period of time. Maybe they eat some time off the clock underneath the former high, building energy to bust through later. We don't know exactly, but it's not out of the ordinary for them not to just blow right on through. They're going to stall out. They're going to run into a brick wall, a way station, overhead resistance, all that stuff. It's not bearish because they haven't gotten through yet. That's the main point that I want to bring forward. What about the Q people? Same routine as all the other charts. Too far from home base. This is what we've been talking about over the last several sessions. So what's the result of that? From some price, they're going to either work time off the clock or come back toward home base or a combination of both. We talked about it in the Qs. We talked about it in all the markets. That's precisely what they're doing. It's not a bearish thing. It's not necessarily anything out of the ordinary. Markets ebb and flow. They go up, they go down. The ocean goes up, the ocean goes down. Tide goes in, tide goes out. If you have a daughter, you know that girls have mood swings. Tide goes in, tide goes out. The markets have mood swings. Keep in mind, the bigger picture is the trend is your friend until it's not. It's a 120-minute chart of the Qs, so you have a similar situation that we saw before, but only different. Here, on the 120 chart, you got a breakdown candle, you're below 
the 20-period moving average. There's an open gap down here that's yet to be filled. 393.24, the low here, 393.92. They're eating time off the clock in a bearish, flaggish formation. Okay, fair enough. Here's a 240-minute chart. Any accidents or coincidences? I think not. So here's a big breakdown candle, and they may begin to formulate a bearish, flaggish thing. But I want to show you something different. So what's the low of this breakup candle? 393.92. What's the low of this candle? 394.44. But what's the low of this candle? 393.92. The same as this, 393.92. Are there any accidents or coincidences in the market? And the answer is, no, there aren't. How about the financials? So they're running sideways, and they're starting to give up. They haven't done it yet. You saw rescue operation back above the 20-period moving average, but they've been hovering over the 20-period moving average. So it's not the same as it would be if they were coming from afar. But the 50-period moving average, whole different ballgame. Let's say they dropped a little bit. Where are the spots on the XLF? Pretty simple stuff. Here's a gap. Happens to be 3893. But there's also a 50-period moving average here, slightly lower, not much lower. So you figure 38.75 to 38.50, you're going to get what? A reaction back up in the other direction under normal garden variety conditions. How do I know that? I know that. It's going to happen like that eight or nine out of ten times. What would cause them not to get all the way there? Well, let me show you. How about the former high... They pulled back. They broke out above. Maybe they're just coming back to retest that number. But guess what? It's a few pennies above the gap. So if they're doing that, what's the likelihood that they don't fill the gap and don't touch the 50-period moving average in the process and bounce off that stuff? Do we think, based on more information, this starts to look like somewhat of a full stack? And I would say, yeah, smash mouth. So they're in a runaway situation Really, really far from home base. They're like nine towns over. They're not coming home for dinner anytime soon. However, they better start working their way back toward home base to get home for a shower before bed. They went down a little bit today, but they finished pretty much on the flat line. The trend is your friend, but this is an overcooked situation. Notice the volume here. This is up volume while the market was breaking out. That's not capitulation like a top kind of volume. Here, you can see from a weekly perspective, it was slightly above the average. So that's not great from a weekly perspective. It's not like every institution under the sun was buying the SMH with both hands. But don't be surprised if they just slightly pull back, run sideways for a while, let home base creep up to price. They start getting below 295 and there's something different going on. And then they can get back into the 280s. Like... 285, 284. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.